سورة الصافات قد نادانا نوح فلنعم المجيبون ونجيناه وأهله من الكرب العظيم Indeed we had cried out to Nuh we had called Nuh and then he was such a good person who responds meaning his response was so good. We called him out to deliver the message. The message of Tawheed, worshipping one God <coughs> throughout the, the earth. Nuh salam had an incredibly long life, as we know, 950 years which would have given him so much time to travel the world. I'm sure in 950 years you can travel the world a few times over. So wherever there were human beings, he went and delivered the message, wherever there were. So in this sense, the message of Nuh is global but it was restricted by time. It was only in the time that he was allotted, which is 950 years. <coughs> so here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that he is such a good responder. He was so good in responding to our call towards him. And obviously if you're going to respond, for 950 years, you need tremendous patience, perseverance, stamina, energy, determination, willpower, uh, all of those attributes you need in order to deliver the message century after century. Mm. Century after century, you're delivering the same message. So this is obviously a lot of uh, monotony there. He's delivering the same message. A lot of patience. So the stamina that Nuh showed while he was delivering the message is quite incredible and this is why Allah says such a good responser is he that he responded this amount of perseverance, willpower, 
determination and also straightforwardness. And he remained on course. He did not uh, falter, nor did he ask for another mission. Usually after trial and error, you say, well, this mission is not working. So give me another mission. Huh? That's what you do in corporate America. Right? This, this is not working, so let's do something else. And this is not trial and error. This is the message of Tawheed. That doesn't change. It's not contextual. Okay, so belief in Allah, belief in the Nabi, belief in the Akhirah is not contextual. It is a contextual that even for almost a thousand years, nothing in the message changed. And he went everywhere, delivered the message. So as he delivered the message, there are those who refused to believe in him, and they were in the majority, and they were warned that a flood would come. And when the flood uh, came, they were all uh, taken away, and uh, they perished, basically. And we delivered him, we saved him and his family from a great tragedy, Al-Qarbil Azim, a huge tragedy. We saved Nuh and his family. The word family refers to the family of believers, as is mentioned in another part of the Quran in Surah Al-Hud, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the story where Nuh asked Allah, why did you not save my son? My son is from my family. And Allah said, he's not from your family. Meaning there the reference is to the family of believers, not to the bloodline. And that is where we see the first time in human history there's a new definition of family. One is obviously through the blood, and the other is based on faith. So this word ahl here refers to the family of faith, and the family in faith. So Allah delivered him and his family in faith from a huge, tremendous tragedy, which was the flood. After he saved them, they then disembarked from the ark from a place called Judi and they resettled on the earth. And then we made his offspring. They were the ones who were the sole survivors. They are the ones who now remained Baqin. So they remained on earth and everybody else perished and there were only a few of them. Eighty plus people remained on earth and through those 80 plus human beings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spread humanity a second time and that is why Nuh alayhi salam is called Abul Bashar al-Thani Abul Bashar al-Thani the second father of humanity he was the second father Adam was the first father and that is how the second generation of human beings start their story. Yeah. And we left him amongst those who now came after him, amongst the later generations. Leaving him means leaving his good name. Yeah. 
so he left him with his good name amongst those who came after him and many generations after him mentioned him with reverence and they saw him as a nabi and a rasul and they adapted his uh, practices and his deen and his religion and so on so this is the favor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to Nuh alayhi salam that he went through this tremendous time 950 years persevered and then the fruit of that was that he delivered uh, 80 plus people and that is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now does things sometimes it is from one <coughs> male and female that he raised human beings Adam and Hawa and now a second time he raised human beings from 80 plus with Nuh alayhi salam being the head uh, of that family the family of believers salamun ala nuhin fil alamin salam and peace be upon nuh alayhi salam in all the worlds yeah in the translation here you say all the peoples of the world which is slightly different from what the quran is saying although he's trying to explain that all the worlds here mean all the people in the world that it may have a literal meaning also that in all the worlds where there is existence of those who worship Allah uh, Allah has sent peace upon Nuh alayhi salatu wassalam which is probably closer to the Arabic and the original meaning of the word alamin so wherever there exists people who worship Allah amongst those people and those communities Allah is sending his blessings and his salam upon Nuh alayhi salatu wassalam that he is a means of peace for all people who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so now Nuh alayhi salam becomes a prototype of uh, of um, you know stamina of determination of perseverance a prototype of worship for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala despite all the odds and that is how he becomes a means of salam and peace for everybody who knows about him so in the worlds everybody knows about Nuh alayhi salam so this will include the angels and this will include the jinn and this will include all the worlds as I said where people and other beings worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is a tremendous fadilah and virtue for Nuh alayhi salam that after all of this struggle okay the reward for Nuh alayhi salam in this world is that we gave him a good name number one number two we made his existence a means of peace for others which is a tremendous barakah that the prophet says that when the son of adam dies then his actions are terminated except from three so here we see that the effect and the barakah of prophets uh, go beyond their lives in this world and extends to life in this world also after they leave the world and that is the sign of a nabi that the nabi's barakah continues a nabi doesn't stop uh, delivering allah's rahma and allah's salam even though he may be in another world and so on this is with all the prophets alayhi wasallam their existence continues to give barakah to everything else that exists 
except the Prophet Muhammad is the last of all prophets and his barakah surpasses and overrides everybody else's barakah. And it, that's slightly different issue. But it is in, in the same context, the same vein as this ayah, Salamun ala Nuhin fil alameen. So wherever there's alam, wherever there's a world, then the, the, the peace is on Nuh, and Nuh's peace echoes around everybody else that knows of him. So he's a means of peace also. Inna kadhalika najzil muhsineen. This is how we do reward those who do good deeds, the muhsin. So Allah is saying this is a reward we are giving to Nuh in this world. The akhirah is different. In this world, the prophets are given reward this way. That their reward comes with them as they exist in the barzakh and in the other world. And they are given this type of reward, which is a good name and tremendous nur and barakah for anyone who knows him. Whenever we discuss Nuh, we are benefiting from his life, from his life story, and from the details of his mission, and so on. Innahu min ibadina al-mu'mineen. Indeed, he is from our believing servants that he believed in us and he believed in the divine and uh, he is someone who believes in the almighty powers of the supreme being Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala confers upon Musa alayhi salam that he is indeed a believer and this uh, you know, accolade is not a small one it's very very deeply rooted in the heavens and it's also deeply rooted in the Malayala that he is seen amongst those who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ثُمَّ أَخْرَقْنَ الْآخْرِينَ And then, along with that, moreover, okay, ثُمَّ here means moreover, we drowned the others who were not believers, we drowned the others. So people who did not believe, we drowned, and people who believed, we saved, and we protected so there are many types of drowning. One is that their name is totally erased from almost all of existence. So the people who drowned, we don't know their names. <coughs> it's not recorded anywhere in human history who they were. So they drowned completely. They're totally annihilated. And people who were saved, we know them. So we know Nuh and his family, his wife and his three children they were there with him afterwards those who came with him we saved and protected them and their children now carried their name for a while and so on so this is the benefit of saying that he was recorded as being a believer so now here uh, the first time in uh, history Allah subhanahu wa is separating in this world those who believe from those who don't believe those who don't believe, they were given this punishment of annihilation. And those who believed were given the reward of remaining, baqeen. Those who remained, they were rewarded as a favor from Allah to extend their lives and do more good work and do more good deeds. 
وإن من شيعته لإبراهيم and indeed from Nuh alayhi salam's family there is Ibrahim means Shia, Shia means family here it means a group of people as you know here it means family so mean, mean from Nuh alayhi salam's family and progeny there is Ibrahim so now Nuh alayhi salam is the father of Ibrahim this in itself is a tremendous tribute and an honor that surpasses all that his genealogy leads to the birth of Ibrahim Ibrahim is huge in human history the father of the three religions as we know <laughs> and more than that a devout muwahid monotheist and devout servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's uh, you know whose uh, contributions to human society and civilization are huge one of those contributions are mentioned here in this passage. So remember now the time when he came to his Lord with a peaceful and sound heart. Salim means peaceful and sound. Not just content, but it was peaceful and it was sound. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that salam, peace be on Nuh, and from that peace came the peace of heart that came to Ibrahim through the process of Tawheed. That when you have a belief in one creator, one maker, and you are attached to that one creator and maker, you are sound of mind and sound of heart. And this is what salim means. Huh? Salim, the opposite of which is saqim which is mentioned here also in the next few ayahs. Saqim is one where it is not sound, unsound and sick. Right? Salim, which is sound and not sick, meaning adulterated and, uh, you know, what's the word? Yeah, putrid. That's the word. So when you have a sound heart, okay, you will believe in one God those who don't believe in one God don't have a sound heart. That's the conclusion he must make. Theologically and ethically and morally. In the shirk al-azim, shirk is a tremendous form of injustice. So if you have injustice in your heart, then you're not sound. You're more like unsound or perhaps even insane. Yeah. So we see that the Quranic use of the word Salim goes very, very far into the human psyche that uh, the Qalb of Ibrahim was sound and pure, that it, uh, it, it removed all pollutants of shirk. So you have shirk, which is you believe in another god besides Allah, you worship idols, okay, that is shirk. And then you have also pollutants of shirk that hover around and attack the heart. Okay. These pollutants are the bad deeds, the bad thoughts, evil ideas and evil ideals. These are the pollutants. So Ibrahim managed to fend off all such pollutants and kept his heart sound, which is on the fitrah uh, that Allah created. So Ibrahim represents this figure 
in history as now the Quran speaks about how he protected his heart. It's another word for Salim or another component of Salam. It is, it is protected. He protected his own heart from being adulterated with pollutants from society and pollutants from his own mind, impurities and so on. Pollutants from society mentioned here. إِذْ قَالَ لِأَبِيهِ وَقَوْمِهِ مَاذَا تَعْبُدُونَ So remember the time when he said to his father and his people, what is this you are worshipping? So he saw them in temples. As a young boy, he saw them worshipping statues and idols that they had now made with their own hands, that they had carved with their own hands. His father, uh, his profession was this, uh, as we know, or his uncle, whoever it was. So he now is asking and questioning the validity of their worship. How are you worshipping this now? His mind is sound, is not uh, adulterated, is not polluted by societal values and uh, the cultural significances of life. He is questioning them. He stands tall as a young boy. What are you worshipping here? <laughs> and obviously he's full of wit. Uh, so he has a go at them also. He teases them and then he offends them and then he insults them and then he breaks the idols. All in that order. He's teasing them here. What are you doing? It's a bit of wit and sarcasm doesn't hurt. It's fine. Can't be that serious. Oh, bring some sarcasm into the discussion. What the, what the heck is this? What the heck is Fabrication. This is a lie. This is nonsense. Alihatan. Doon Allah. That is it a God besides Allah that you wish? You actually think there's a God besides Allah. Now you have to remember that he's born into this culture of shirk. That's in his surroundings. He's polluted. The temples are there. His father takes him from day one to the temples. and His mother is there. and His aunts, uncles, all there. The whole tribe is there. And all they do is worship idols. And so that's the only worship he knows from society. But the Qur'an makes it a point to show that despite being in that cesspit of shirk, he remains pure to identify human beings with the fitrah. That the fitrah, the natural disposition of tawheed upon which Allah created every human being, has to be preserved at all times. And on the Day of Judgment, Allah will bring Ibrahim as a proof uh, against those who say, oh, I was born into this one and that one and that one. Uh, so, well, look at Ibrahim. How did he manage to preserve his fitrah, even though he was born into idol-worshipping, and even though he was regularly frequenting the idols through force by his father, but he maintained the rationality of Tawheed as a young boy, and he maintained that everything was false. Ifkan is a fabrication. So what do you think about the Lord of the worlds? So this nur of fitrah, 
he preserved and the nur of aql of the mind the sound mind he preserved and it is through that nur which was before prophethood not afterwards before prophethood he preserved and then he exposed and he made sure that he spoke of it and he contested the whole idea that there's another god besides allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the universe right so now you must uh, uh, appreciate that all of this obviously this, this is after ard and thamud okay and many generations after ard and thamud <coughs> you had this babylonian iraqi civilization and in that civilization there was this culture of statue worshiping idol worshiping and in that culture <coughs> the idea of seeing anyone else uh, besides god himself was ludicrous but he maintains his uh, fitra and he talks to them in a manner that he talks to them what do you think about what is your thought about the lord of the worlds the one who created you and created your fathers and created the statues and everything else he is their lord also he is your lord he is my lord that's all yes the issue of lordship as you know is huge in islam fanadhara nadratan fin nujum so that with all as as you know with, with the people who worship uh, idols and statues they, they become very festive uh, civilization they're very festive they like festivities huh? right, because they're pagan <coughs> they enjoy life huh, in the name of shirk whatever <laughs> and they have these uh, rituals and they have these customs that require that you do things every idol has a different mode and form of worship so that creates festivity and that creates a culture of uh, celebration and that creates uh, an understanding that is very very false so in that particular culture they they were into idol worshiping but they were also into soothsaying and they were also into worshiping the celestial beings okay so they were into astronomy uh, more than that astrology right that's just a reflection of their shirk so if you're going to make shirk on earth you're going to make shirk in the heavens this is is normal right? so there's terrestrial shirk where you worship idols and there's celestial shirk where you worship things and beings in the heavens so that they were guilty of both what they had on land and what they saw in the heavens that these things meaning the stars in the heaven they have the ability to regulate your life that's what they believed it was more like astrology than astronomy but they understood the stars the motions of the stars and all of that so ibrahim alayhisalam as i said very witty okay he was supposed to go with them to a festival in the wilderness where they would worship the sun the moon and the stars and so on along with whatever idols they packed with them so at this one time he said i'm going to play you right so now he's talking in their language you must understand this language of the quran so if if you take a part of this ayah outside of the surah outside of the context he will say that he's into astrology he's not talking about that he's talking in the language so what is their language their language is one of astrology so he says fanadhara nadratan fin nujum he took one glance 
looked at the stars, one glance at the stars and said, I'm about to be sick. I'm about to be sick. He's playing them. According to my calculations, what I see from my star, I think I'm going to be sick. He's taunting them. You understand what I'm saying? He's not saying, I believe I'm going to be sick. He's saying that based on what you know and what you understand from the stars and the motions of the stars, I think the position of my star is telling me I'm going to be sick. So that's why the Quran says, فَنَظَرًا He took one look. And just to show them, I'm looking there and I'm seeing this. So now obviously, as I said, he, he, he's a very witty. فَقَالَ إِنِّي سَقِيمٌ I'm about to be sick. So, because I'm going to be sick, I don't think I should join you because I'll spoil the party. Okay. You'll be looking after me. I'm still a young boy. You're going to have to fend for me and you have to make sure that I'm not sick and so on. So, it's best I remain behind in the town and my star is telling me I'm going to be sick. I'm about to be sick. Again, use the context to understand what the Qur'an is saying. If you bring it out of the context, you will justify astrology. Ibrahim used astrology to say he was in. No, look at the language and look at the background and the backdrop and you'll see that he's saying nothing of the sort. That's just the way you debate. فَتَوَلَّوْا عَنْهُ مُدْبِرِينَ so they turned against, uh, away from him and they went backwards or wherever they went, meaning they left him behind so that he would not spoil the party and he would be able to take care of himself in the town while they were gone, you know, enjoying themselves and their festivities. Mm. Then he went towards their gods. Raga. He went towards their gods and he started to taunt them. Why won't you eat? Because the people had left food for the idols which they offered as sacrifice and the food was still there. Day one, the food is still there. Day two, the food is still there. Day three, the food is now rotten. Alatakulun, why aren't you eating? So now he's taunting them also. Malikum What's with you that you don't speak? You have no speech. You don't eat. You don't move. You don't do anything. Then he quickly went and swiftly. He advanced against them, a strike with the right hand. So he went and he shattered uh, the idols. He broke the idols. He smashed uh, the idols. Obviously, this is all planned. This is his strategy. He's planning all of this. He's planned all of this. First of all, planning that the, 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 the idea that he's going to go to the temple and shatter the idols. How does he do this? Uh, he plans. Mm, as I said, an extremely clever uh, young boy. So he takes an axe and he starts to, starts to you know, shatter 
all the statues and the idols. Yeah. So now after the festival in the wilderness, they come back, his people, and uh, they want to pay homage and respect to their idols, so they go to the temple. And when they see what has happened in the temple, lo and behold, Ibrahim Islam now starts to taunt them even more. Yeah. They start to fall upon them hurriedly. They go back to the temple. He said that, do you worship something that you have carved yourself from your own hands? You made these idols, and the meaning of a deity is someone who creates. You are worshipping something that is created. And who created this? You. So you are worshipping something that you created yourselves. So he's using this logic, and there's a rational approach to trying to convince them what they're doing is totally false and absurd. Allah has created you and everything you do. So even your carving, Allah has created. And even you, Allah has created. So Allah is the khaliq. And you are the makhluq. Allah is the creator. And you are the created. The rule is the inferior worships the superior. Now here, the superior is worshipping the inferior. And that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Worship means that you pay respect and homage and you serve. Then that uh, the thing you are, the being you are serving must be far superior than you. <coughs> but this is something you made from your own hands. How can you worship this? So this is one of the passages in the Quran where the Quran depicts the wit of Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam and then Ibrahim salam makes this phenomenal statement. Wallahu khalaqakum. Allah has created you and that which you do. So your actions are also created by Allah. And you are created by Allah. Both is Allah's creation. How can you worship something that is created? <laughs> they went into council and they said, what can we do with this kid? What do we do with this kid here? He's causing havoc. And he's, going now, he's now going to destroy everything that we stand for. And he is now in sabotage mode. So now we have to do something to punish him or to get rid of him. So they said that you must build for him. A kiln. You must build a building for him. A place where you can now burn him. So they were great builders. So they built this huge place. <coughs> and they lit a fire for 40 days and in that fire they threw him they flung him into the blazing fire so this is how Ibrahim delivered the message as a young boy preserving his fitra using his sound mind and his sound heart this is the soundness of the heart Allah is explaining the story the parable of the story or the metaphor in the story is that this represents a sound heart. 
So a sound heart doesn't falter, it doesn't flutter, and doesn't flicker. It remains sound and uh, constant all the time. So there's an element of constancy there. The Ibrahim Salam doesn't uh, shake or waver when he sees the fire. He's not afraid necessarily that he's going to die. But he maintains his position based on his fitra and his aql and his heart. So he's sound now, he's sound of heart. And then they intended them, they intended that there would be a plot against them. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now says that we made them the lowest of the abased. We made them the lowest of the low. Okay, meaning they did not succeed in burning him, although they threw him into the fire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the fire to become cool and peaceful for Ibrahim al-Salam. The word salam is used there also to show that he had salam in his heart. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extended the salam of his heart into the fire. Then the fire became just as peaceful as he was. So the inner peace gives birth to the outer peace. So your inner will definitely influence the outer. Obviously this is a mu'ajizah and a miracle from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You mustn't do this. <laughs> you mustn't try this at home. Throw yourself into the fire and see how peaceful you are. You mustn't do that. This is a mu'ajizah. But what I'm saying is that the reality is that the peace in his heart resulted in the creation of peace outside of him through Allah's command, kuni, become, O fire, become cool and peaceful for Ibrahim salam. And they were just dumbfounded. He said, he's there in the fire. He's there. Well, he survived, first of all, the first few minutes. And how does one survive that? And then it's a few hours, and then it's a few days. He's in the fire. And then they said, okay, what are you going to do? Just let him go. Not much we can do. Right? The fire's not burning. So they couldn't make head and tails out of this incident. And even then, they did not believe. And that's the meaning of the word That despite seeing this great uh, miracle, mu'ajizah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they refused to believe in the powers of the divine. And they refused to believe that Allah is his Lord, Ibrahim's Lord, and Allah is their Lord. And that is the tragedy of human beings, that they let go of their aql and their intellect in these times because of arrogance and because of pride and because of stubbornness. Right? They do, you just become stubborn. I don't care what happens. I don't believe what I'm seeing. And even if I believe what I'm seeing, I'm not believing in the man who has now survived the fire. And I don't want to believe in his God either. So that's a pure uh, rejection uh, and pure arrogance and pure stubbornness that they became the lowest of the low. Right? That's what it's meant by. We made them into the lowest of the low so that they would not believe despite uh, being privy to all the powers of creativity 
in front of them. Yeah. So Ibrahim maintained his uh, fitrah despite being, as I said, in the cesspit of shirk. He maintained his purity of heart and purity of mind. These people uh, were equally stubborn on the other side in the sense that despite seeing all the visible proofs of creativity and rububiyya, lordship, they refused to believe and that is their tragedy. The tragedy is not that they threw him into the fire and he did not burn. The greater tragedy is that they did not believe. Yeah. So this is a parable that Allah subhanahu uses that there's Nuh alayhi story first and there's this story of Ibrahim where he plots and he schemes and he strategizes to show them that what they're doing is totally false and wrong. And then the conclusion is that Allah saves Ibrahim from fire. So Allah saved Nuh from water. Allah saves Ibrahim from fire. So these are the, the spiritual angelic elements that are working in the universe as the surah talks about the angels who line up in ranks so the angels they administer Allah's command and in the case of Nuh despite being in torrential rain and a storm for 40 days and 40 nights Allah saved and protected the ship from being capsized and Nuh from being drowned that's one, and the other is, despite being in a huge, huge blaze of fire for 40 days, they say, Nuh, Ibrahim was also saved. So now you have two, two elements. One is water, and the other is fire. They're both uh, exceptionally destructive, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserves those whom he preserves, so that is called salam. That's the salam meaning that you give peace. So Nuh salam's peace is throughout the world. Wherever there are beings who worship Allah, there is peace upon Nuh salam, And he carries that salam with him. And from this salam came the salam of Ibrahim salam's heart, the qalb in salim. And Ibrahim salam, through the salam and peace of his heart was able to manage a huge fire the fire did not burn him. He was able to live in that fire, remain there for a few days, some people say for 40 days. We don't know the exact amount of time that he spent, but he was saved and delivered from that. So the uh, meaning here is that uh, the angels who are grouped into rows and platoons and columns, uh, they do what Allah wants them to do, as you will see at the end of the surah. We will stop here. The next part of the story has to do with Ismail Islam and the issue of Qurbani. Jazakumullah khair. We'll see you all soon. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, subhanakallah, alhamdulillah. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka.